This program has been pre-recorded for airing at this time. Please hold all phone calls. Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices moreover that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. the Lord. This is your sister Susan calling from Baltimore, Maryland. Our sister Nina is on a different assignment today, so I'll be your host. In the name of Jesus, I want to welcome the listeners. Hallelujah. I want to welcome you. And before we get started with our topic today, I want to pray. I want to pray for our mothers today. In the name of Jesus, I want to give God the honor, the glory, and the praise, and I want to invite him, hallelujah, to come and teach us and to be with us today in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, we want to thank you today because today we are celebrating uh, Mother's Day. And as we approach your throne on behalf of our mothers whom you have entrusted with care, Of your most precious little ones, we want to thank you today. We want to thank you for creating each mom with a unique combination of gifts and talents. We want to thank you for the sacrifice of self each mom gives for her children. God, we want to thank you for the late night spent walking and hallelujah and caring for our children. Uh, We want to thank you for our careless, our careless hands that from washing and wiping and scrubbing. Lord God, we want to thank you for the gift of time moms give for their kids, whether it's a stay-home mom, a working mom, moms who have come, moms who have some combination of the both working and staying at home. God, we want to thank you for their perseverance. We want to thank you for giving each one strength. We want to thank you for... Sometimes the mundane tasks that moms have to go through. I'm asking, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will help each mom today to understand that the most radical world-changing events happen, Lord God, in their homes. We want to ask you to forgive us, Lord God. Help us to forgive those who undermine our significance as mothers. Father, we come to the throne of grace and mercy, hallelujah, asking that you would be with us there, hallelujah, asking that you would be the daily bread of tired mothers. We ask you to be the living water. We're asking you today to be our source of spiritual and physical strength. 
God, I pray that, hallelujah, the same grace that flowed from you to the Son will flow to us today, Lord God, on to our children. We want to thank you for this day, Lord God. I'm asking that you would give each mother a worshipful reverence of you, the creator and sustainer of life. Help each mom to rest in the knowledge that you are but steward, that we are but stewards of our children. And most of all, Lord, on this day in which we honor mothers, we also come to honor you as our father. We also come to honor the sacrifice of Jesus. We come to honor the blood that constantly speaks on our behalf. We come to honor the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. We come and we honor you and we love you and we cherish you. And we thank you for this day in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Well, hello, saints. Hello, friends. This is Susan Parham coming today with a word of encouragement. We're going to be talking about honor. We're going to be talking about honoring in several different situations according to the biblical scriptures. Um, before I get started, I want to lay a foundation about what does the Bible actually say about honor. Honor is a noun. It means to esteem, value. Honor is also meant by of great respect. To honor someone is to value them highly or bestow value upon them. The Bible exhorts us to express honor and esteem towards certain people, such as our parents and those that are in authority. Also, as a reminder, I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible, because I know that Minister Nina, she reads from that version of the Bible. I like the King James Bible, but today we're going to read from the New King James Bible. And our first scripture for today is coming from Ephesians chapter 6, located in the New Testament, verse 2, where it declares, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Now understand that today uh, the world has set aside this day to honor mothers, but I would like to also honor the father as well. We're going to be honoring God, our father, our Hallelujah, we're going to be honoring uh, our natural fathers and our natural mothers as well. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 32, we see it declares, You shall rise before the gray-headed and honor the presence of an old man and fear your God, for I am the Lord. Before we can honor our natural parents, before we can honor those that are in authority, we must understand that we need to honor our Heavenly Father. We need to honor His Word. We need to honor the truth. We need to honor the sacrifice. We find in Romans chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. So you might ask, what are the authorities? The authorities are the stoplight, where when you're driving, if it says red, you stop for red, and you go for green, and you yield on yellow. Some of the other authorities are going to school, your principals, your teachers, the mayor, the governor, the president, the unspoken laws in the land by way of uh, traffic signs, 
those are laws. Those are a governing authority. And we must understand that all authority and honor belongs to God alone. As we continue to move forward, I want to read First Chronicles 29, which is found in the Old Testament, verse 11. It says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Also, friends, um, you're not going to be able to call in today, sorry, but if you have any questions, jot them down with your notes, get your Bible, get your pens. If you have any questions, you can ask these questions to uh, Minister Nina when she comes back on next week. Sorry that you can't come in, but just sit back, listen, and relax and receive the truth of God, receive the blessings that God has for us today. I want to take you to another scripture where in the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 17, we're just laying a foundation today right now about honor and what it means to uh, honor God before we can even get to honoring uh, a mom or honoring a dad or honoring the uh, governing authority. 1 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 17 says, Now... To the King eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Revelations chapter 5 verse 13 says, And every creature which is in heaven, and on the earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and are all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing, and honor, and glory, and power be to him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb forever and ever glory hallelujah we're talking about honor today and we're talking about honoring our god the most high god our father we're going to get to honoring parents we're going to get to honoring the mom and the dad and the authorities but right now we need to understand that we need to get back to honoring the God of the universe. God, he delegates his authority to us. And in Ephesians, Peter tells us to honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. So before we can honor each other here in this earth realm, before I can honor my mom and my dad or before I can honor my brother or my sister or my neighbor, I have to understand that I must first honor my Heavenly Father. The idea of honoring others, especially those in authority, according to the scriptures, the king, and for us it would be the president uh, and other people such as the mayor, the governor, our principals, presidents, comes from the fact that they represent God's ultimate authority. A classic example is the command to submit to the governing authorities because they have been established by God. Romans chapter 13, verses 1 to 6, you can look that up in your devotional time. But part of that scripture says, in verse number 2 says, Therefore, he who rebels against authority 
is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. This means it is incumbent upon Christians, upon believers, upon those who have been set apart to honor those whom God has placed over us through our obedience and demonstration of respect. To do otherwise is to dishonor God. You probably say, okay, Sister Susan, where are you going with this? Just hang in there and, and, and we're building, we're building line upon line, precept upon precept. The Bible speaks of another noteworthy group of people who are deserving of double honor. The leadership of the church, those that are called elders. Scripture tells us, let the elders who rule well is considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. You'll find this written in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. Just like those who come on this radio station week after week preaching and teaching the Word of God. Just as Minister Nina come on as God wills every Sunday to give you the word of God to feed you the precepts, the commands, the judgments of God. In the first century church, some of the elders labored in word and doctrine by devoting their time to preaching and teaching, while others did so privately. However, all elders, pastors, leaders, they gave attention to the interests of the church and the welfare of its members. That's what we here at Save the Lost at all costs are doing. As we come weekly, we are concerned about the welfare of the members that are a part of the body of Christ. These men were entitled to double honor of both respect for their positions, as well as material and monetary support. This was especially significant because the New Testament was not available yet. You know, they didn't have the New Testament where we can now go and look in the Word and we can read the Word in our own homes, in our own private times. But these people were considered to be given double honor because they labored in fasting and prayer and in searching out the scriptures to bring it to the members, the body of Christ, the brothers and sisters that were a part of the body of Christ. And the scripture says that they were uh, uh, to be given gifts to support the work of the ministry. The Bible also gives us the command to honor one another, hallelujah, in our employment. Those of us who work, the employer and the employee relationship. Um, you'll find those that 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 written in first Timothy chapter three, verse seventeen, and um also in chapter six, verse one. Um you can read those verses and your devotional time. The scriptures also talk about uh, marriage relationships with the husband and the wife being in submission to and honoring one another. You'll find that in Hebrews 3, verse 4, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 to 33. Now here we have made it thus far. want to talk a little bit specifically for a moment 
about honoring one another, honoring the father, honoring your mother. We want to park it right here for a few minutes, and we want to give some specific scriptures and some specific details on how it is important for children, adult children, to honor their father and to honor their mother and at the same time having a reverential fear and honor for God most high. Ephesians, well, I'm sorry, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, uh, commands us, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. We want to understand that also in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 5, chapter 15, I'm sorry, verse 4 tells us, For God the Most High has commanded, it's a command, honor your father, honor your mother. He says, he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. All right, hold on now, hold on. I didn't say it. The scripture said it. God Most High said it. This command was so important to God that if anyone cursed, or struck his parents, he or she was to be put to death. Leviticus 20, verse 9, I know you probably say, well, why are you giving us uh, scriptures from the Old Testament? We're, we're in the New Testament days. We're living under grace. Well, let me help you, friends. The Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. The scripture says heaven and earth may pass away, but this word is going to last for eternity. So it's not about whether or not if it's the Old Testament or the New Testament. It's all the word of God. It's all the precepts, the commands, the instructions to the believers, to the set-apart ones. This is what God requires of us to be uh, holy vessels, honoring him, honoring our parents, honoring authority. So now Leviticus 20 verse 9 says, If there is anyone who curses his father or mother, he shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother. If he has done this, his blood guiltiness is upon him. His blood guiltiness is upon him basically means that he or she has brought this punishment on themselves. They know what they have done. They know what they're supposed to do, but they didn't do it. You probably say, well, why are you bringing all this up? Because if we look at our society today, if we look at the culture today, there are a lot of our children who are being disrespectful and rebellious towards us as parents especially those of us that are godly parents, parents who are seeking the face of God for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to be able to rear our children in the way that they should go. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 21, verses 18 to 21, 
the law is explained here. And this is not about we're not living under the law, but we're living under grace. Uh, the commandments are still relevant today. If any man has a stubborn and a rebellious son or daughter who will not obey his father or his mother when they chastise him, he was not even li- they wouldn't and, and, the, and the child did not even listen to them. Then the father and the mother shall seize him and bring him out to the elders of his city at the gateway of his hometown. And they shall say to the elders of his city, this son, this daughter of ours is stubborn and rebellious. They will not obey us. Plus, they are a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of the city shall stone them to death. So you shall remove the evil from your midst, and all Israel shall hear of it in fear. How about that? How about if this particular verse was being upheld today? How much sin would you see in the streets of the United States? How about that? But let me go on. The content of the passage is critical to understand what it means. Taking these two verses by themselves, one could come along or go away with a negative attitude toward God and his word. And that's not the point here. In Leviticus, the passage, this law is part of a section dealing with erroneous, grievous sins. Sins that would tear a nation and a family apart. The trespass in question was not a casual slip of the tongue curse, but a deep-seated rebellion, an ongoing attitude of hatred that had to be dealt with severely. In other words, the punishment was not for a minor infraction, but for determined defiance. There are several things to keep in mind about this particular sin and about the law here. The sin was ongoing and continuous. Deuteronomy 21.18 indicates that the punishment was only meant, which means dispensed or allotted justice, a punishment or harsh treatment. After a persistent refusal to heed both father and mother, and all discipline had failed. The parents had tried to deal with the son. They tried to deal with the daughter in a loving, firm way, but nothing worked. Hmm. Sound like uh, some stuff that I've been through with my own children. God. I told her and I told him, but they just don't want to listen. It was deep-seated sin. Verse 20 specifies that the son is stubborn in his rebellion. Not only is he uh, stubborn, but he is a gluttonous. He's a drunkard. This is not a case of a child who misses curfew or plays ball in the house. This was a true menace, a child who was causing trouble in society, grieving his parents, possibly to the point of endangering them physically and financially. The punishment was not an impulsive act of anger or vengeance. Verse 19 says that the city elders had to oversee the case and determine the guilt of the child. It is only after the elders pronounced the sentence of death that the execution could take place. 
The Lord did not allow any angry parent to arbitrarily stone a child. No. A modern equivalent of this is when a parent sees news footages of their own child committing a crime and subsequently turns the child in to the police. If parents know that their child is acting in a way that endangers society, they're responsible to obey the civil authorities and report the crime. The punishment was designed to preserve the nation. The punishment was designed to preserve the family. Verse 21 explains the reason for this law was to purge evil from society and act as a deterrent. And the word deterrent simply means a thing that discourages or to intended to discourage someone from doing something to further rebellion. Israel was a nation chosen by God to be holy. We are people chosen by God to be holy. God gave the Israelites three types of laws, judicial, moral, and ceremonial laws. And we're not talking about uh, ceremonial laws. We're talking today about the judicial law. A child who was actively and deliberately rejecting the law of the land needed to be punished judicially. Rebellion against one's parents is direct rebellion against God. Parents are a God-ordained authority. Disobedience to parents is disobedience to God. Throughout the Bible, there are only a handful of things we are told to fear. Fear meaning honor. One is God. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And another um, fear is the fear and the honor to our parents. Leviticus 19.3 tells us, Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father and keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God. So someone may be asking, what does it mean to honor my father and my mother? Honoring your father and mother is being respectful in word and action and having an inward attitude of esteem for their position. The Greek word for honor means to revere, to prize, and value. Today we're talking about honor, a basic principle, a foundational principle by which God is calling us into a place of reverence to honor him and to honor our parents. Honor is given respect, not only for merit, but also for rank. For example, some Americans may disagree with the president's decisions, but they should still respect his position as leader of the country. We as believers are not supposed to uh, uh, be tail-bearers or speak grievous words out of our mouth, but we are to bend our knee and humble our hearts before the mighty hand of God and begin to petition God in prayer. If we see something in our uh, president or in the authorities or even in our parents that we don't like, but we are not given permission to be disrespectful. Children of all ages should honor their parents, regardless of whether or not their parents deserve honor or not. I'm a living witness. 
there had been times that I wanted to say some things to my mom because she had done and said some things to me that I absolutely felt like it was an injustice. But I had to hold my peace, hold my tongue, hold it, and take it to the Lord in prayer. God exhorts us to honor our father and mother. He values honoring parents enough to include it in the Ten Commandments, even though everybody want to get rid of the Ten Commandments, but you're not going to be able to get rid of the Ten Commandments. And again, in the New Testament, the scripture says, children, even adult children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father, honor your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. A promise. So that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. You'll find this in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1, 2, and 3. Honoring parents is the only command in Scripture that promises long life as a reward. Imagine that. Those who honor their parents are blessed. In contrast, those with a depraved mind and those who exhibit ungodliness in the last days are characterized by disobedience to parents. Romans chapter 1 verse 30 tells us uh, that people will be uh, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, and disobedient. Parents. Second Timothy verse two uh, says the same thing. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. My Lord, Solomon the wisest man, he urges children to respect their parents. Proverbs 1 verse 8 basically talks about how you should shun evil counsel. My son, hear the instructions of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. Uh, Proverbs 13 and 1, that, that particular scripture talks about wisdom loves righteousness. A wise son heeds his father's instructions, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Friends, we're talking about honor today. From a biblical perspective, Proverbs 30 verse 17 tells us that I that mocks his father and scorns obedience to his mother, the ravens of the valley will pluck it out and the young eagles will eat it. That means you're going to have to deal with the mighty hand of God when you are disobedient and disrespectful to your parents. The Bible talks about the rebellious child. The child who exhibits a rebellious streak may be, they may be doing, they may be going through that because uh, of a lot of stuff. They, uh, they, they may be living in a hard situation. Uh, they may have an unloving parent, a critical parent. Uh, you know, it may be a lot of reason for uh, a child to be rebellious. But even the most a complaint child who will rebel inwardly and outwardly against such treatment. It is natural that our children rebel. But we as parents, we are uh, uh, commissioned by the hand of God to keep them in line. 
assuming that the rebellious child naturally possesses a strong will personality. He will be characterized by an inclination to test the limits, overriding desire for control and a commitment to resisting all authority like some of our children today. They It seems like they are, are purposefully wanting to push the limits. These strong-willed, rebellious children are often very intelligent and can figure out situations with amazing speed, finding ways to take control of the circumstances and people around them. Fortunately, it is also true that God has made children who and what they are. God loves us and he loves our children. And he has not left parents without resources to meet the challenge. There are biblical principles that address dealing with the rebellious, strong-willed child with grace. Proverbs 22, verse 6 tells us that we as parents, we have been uh, uh, given a mandate to train up our children in the way that he or she should go. And when they are older... They will not turn from it. For all children, the way that they should go towards God, teaching children in God's word is critical. For all children who must understand who God is and how to best serve him. With the strong-willed child understanding what motivates him, the desire for control will go a long way to helping him find his way when we teach biblical principles to our children. The rebellious child is one who must understand that he is not in charge of the world. The rebellious child must understand that he or she is not in charge. God is. God is in charge, and he simply... and. These rebellious children must simply do it God's way. This requires for parents to be absolutely convinced of this truth and to live accordingly. A parent who is himself or herself in rebellion against God will not be able to convince their children to be submissive. Listen, I'm talking to myself as well because I'm a parent. I have children and I have a grandchild that I'm responsible for teaching the word of God. Once it's been established that God is the one making the rules, parents must establish in the child's mind that they are God's instrument and will do anything and everything necessary to carry out God's plan for their families. A rebellious child must be taught that God's plan is for the parents to lead and for the children to follow. There can be no weakness on this point. The strong-willed child can spot indecisiveness a mile away and will jump at the opportunity to fill the leadership vacuum and take control. We can't allow that to happen. We must honor God and we must honor our parents and we must teach our children how to honor God and how to honor the parents. The principle of submitting to authority is crucial for our strong-willed children. Romans chapter 13 verses 1 through 5 clearly tells us that the authorities over us are established by God and we are to submit. Strong-willed children will only be willingly to comply with the rules of the laws when they make sense of them. In other words, when we sit down and we begin to talk to our children about what is expected of them through the biblical principles, then they will understand what honor means 
and they will begin to honor parents the way God has instructed them. We must be persistent and consistent. Parents must try not to raise their voices. Me, I raise my voice. And when I do it, I have to immediately apologize. We must not lose our temper. No matter how exasperating parenting children can be, parents must take comfort in God's promise not to test us beyond our ability to bear it. First Corinthians ten thirteen. If God has given us strong-willed children, parents can be sure he has not made a mistake and will provide the guidance and resources that we need to do the job. We can take comfort in the knowledge that strong-willed children, hallelujah, who are trained well, they often grow up to be high-achieving, successful adults. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This word is comforting my own soul. Because I have some rebellious children. Many rebellious children have turned into bold, committed Christians who use their considerable talents to serve the Lord. And they have come to love and respect through the efforts of their parents, patience and diligence. We must follow Christ's example. We should treat our parents the way we would reverently approach our Heavenly Father. I want to I want to read this scripture, but I know I've been reading all my scriptures in the New uh, King James Version, but this particular scripture, two of them, I want to read from the Message Bible because when I read it for myself, it brought encouragement. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 9, I'm going to read it first in the New King James Version. It says, furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us. And we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father's spirit and live? Then this is how the message version says it. In this all-out match against sin, others have suffered far worse than you. To say nothing of what Jesus went through, all that bloodshed, So don't feel sorry for yourselves. Or have you forgotten how good parents treat children and that God regards you as his children? My dear child, don't shrug off God's discipline. Don't be crushed by it either. It's the child he loves that he disciplines. The child he embraces, he also corrects. God is educating you. That's why you must never drop out. He's treating you as dear children. This trouble that you're in isn't punishment. It's training. The normal experience of children. Only irresponsible parents lead children to fend for themselves. Would you prefer an irresponsible God? We respect our own parents for training and not spooling us. So why not embrace God's training so we can truly live? While we were children, our parents did what seemed best to them. But God is doing what is best for us. Training us to live God's holy best. At the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. Later, of course, it pays off handsomely. But it's the the well-trained who finds themselves mature in their relationship with God. Well, folks, there we have it. Jesus answered in Mark 7, 
Isaiah was right about a lot of stuff. Honoring their unspoken as well as spoken wishes we must do. The operator just came on and told me that it's almost time to wrap it up. So I want to say thank you to Sister Nina for allowing me to come on today to talk about honor. We must honor in word, in thought, and in action. We must honor our Heavenly Father. We must honor our parents. We must reverentially honor the authorities in the land. I want to thank each and every person who tuned in today. I want to thank the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit for teaching us about honor. May this word bless you. May this word heal you. May this word deliver you. May the power of the word May the power of God's word be lifted as a banner over you. Let us honor God and let us honor our parents. Let us honor each other and let us honor our authorities. In word, thought, and deed. In Jesus' name I pray, be at peace, my brothers and sisters. Honor begets honor. God will not honor those who will not obey his commands to honor their parents. Honor is not easy. It's not always fun. But children, we must honor our parents in everything, for this is pleasing to God. Colossians 3, verse 20. So thank you, and have a blessed day. Amen. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit-filled, live-called-in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. Also, you can listen to KKVV Christian Talk Radio anytime via your cell phone. Please dial 605-313-0630. Again, that number is 605-313-0630. That number only works in the United States. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 3350. 5852 North Las Vegas 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 335852 North Las Vegas 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what. Why don't you blush this?